0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy day here in the capital as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Chaloner and I'm delighted to be joined on the programme today by Rachel Fleury. Rachel is the Managing Director and Owner of Specialist Security Limited. Based over in Cardiff, the firm is a provider of security solutions to a wide range of businesses across both the private and public sector sectors. Uh, Rachel, very warm welcome to you and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: It's our pleasure having you Rachel. Now um, the purpose of this discussion is to establish first and foremost your take on leadership. So if we begin by just taking that word leader aside for a moment, I'm interested to understand Mm -hmm. what that word actually means to you and what you feel a leader ought to be.
1: Um, I think a leader is the person who takes ultimate responsibility for the decisions that are made within the business. Um, I also think the lead leader or a lead is the person who sets the culture of a business and therefore disseminates how a business should be run.
0: And if we think about your sort of personal leadership model in terms of people management. How would you describe that, Rachel?
1: The way I manage people tends to be um, a flexible um, way of managing people. And um, I try and allow people to work with their life imbalance balance and make adjustments so that they... Can succeed within in
0: their role, and of course, um, leadership. I think it's fair to say is something that's really being put to the test at the moment, isn't it? With the emergence of the COVID nineteen situation, no less, and the need for leaders of companies to feel their way through what ultimately is an unprecedented crisis. Um, For somebody working within the security sector, such as yourself, how has it been for you trying to adapt to the challenges that the pandemic has brought about?
1: One of the biggest Um, responsibilities that I've had or I felt is my ultimate responsibility is to keep my staff safe. Um, Security personnel were considered critical to business and to to the the minimal operations that that continued during the COVID lockdown. Um, A large proportion of my staff are also BAME. So the first thing that I prioritised was their protection. Now, whether that be to um, ensure that they had the minimum exposure and assess the risks to individuals, um, those that had particular health issues, withdrawing them and placing them on the furlough scheme, or um, allowing them to be in a position where they had very minimal contact with other people, and moving them to single man sites, et cetera so that that was that was the kind of biggest challenge and it was actually uh, as 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 the lock before lockdown and as things started to to happen and infection rates started to increase that is was my first and foremost thoughts and priorities was for the people working for me.
0: And I can imagine that their mental well-being as well as being something that's seriously been um, in the forefront of your mind as well, because I suppose that sort of, loss of social interaction in a lot of workspaces and all of the uncertainty and worry of the pandemic has also taken its toll. So, I imagine people will have been looking to you as the leader of the business for that little bit of reassurance, that little bit of clarity sometimes. And that can sometimes be a challenge, can't it, when some of the information coming through isn't always clear. So, it's not just a balance of looking after the mental health of those around you, but also your own as well.
1: Yes. And um, I did... I did make myself available to um, talk to staff, any staff, whether they were the frontline workers or office staff. Um, in terms of frontline workers, sometimes they were concerned about their exposure and I would take the time to speak to them, um, to reassure them or to make changes to allow them to, to feel safer. Um, in terms of office staff, um I did make the provision for them to be home working. However, we do need certain um, amounts of people who who are more office-based to be, to actually come to work. Where people worked from home, um, I chose to allow them during the first sort of 12 weeks to work a four-day week to get the maximum from them, even though they were working at home so they were uh, expected, they obviously continued to be paid for five, but were working with the option of four days if they chose. And some people actually preferred to come to the office and and, and work as normal, because as you mentioned, mental health, they felt that 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 interaction, that they would get more from from being in the workplace, um, was beneficial to them. So it was a case of, you know, looking after people's mental health as well as uh, the challenges of keeping them physically safe.
0: And um, I can imagine that when it comes to sort of the office um, environment and the way that working practices there have changed. That's something that's that's going to um, need consideration going forward. There've been a lot of debate, of course, about the place um, for for the office environment in the future, um, whether people are going to be working from home more regularly, and that's what's going to become the norm under this um, new normal that everybody's talking about. Um, If we think about sort of the next two or three years, and hopefully by then we are in a world where COVID-19 is no longer an issue, do you envision, Rachel, that your office environment will be sort of back in full or do you think that more and more people will be working remotely on a more personal level?
1: I think that the option will be there for people to to work more from home. For my business personally um, the office environment isn't that much of a challenge because we have uh, enough space for everybody to remain socially distant um, etc. So, you know, as as time goes on, I think we will resume a fairly normal uh, position that we were pre COVID. However, I would always now, having uh, operated successfully with people working from home, provide that as an option to them. So, if it suits them better, they they have that option to do that.
0: And in terms of looking back over your experience of the pandemic thus far, is there anything that you would say that this Experience of going through a quite difficult and a quite sensitive time has actually taught you as a business leader, be that about the way that the business has adapted or be that about the attitudes um, of your staff and how they've applied themselves. Um, Is there anything that you've taken away as a real positive from all of this?
1: Yes, Uh, I've been amazed at how wonderful my staff have been, to be honest. And I've had very, very few who haven't just um, embraced the situation and continued as normal, um, making the most of it and working to the best of their ability. And that's something, I shouldn't really say surprised me, but it's one of the big positives that's come through. And, and I've really wanted to praise um, the frontline staff and my office staff for, for how well they've continued to work with without moaning, and um, you know, you, you do have to, like, like I just said earlier, you know, make some time to talk to people. But I, I've been really pleased with, with how they've performed.
0: That's incredibly um, encouraging. And considering what you have taken away from this uh, period and also channeling your experience of running the business pre-pandemic, Rachel, um, if you mm-hmm. had to perhaps give some advice to somebody who was maybe looking to make it in business for the first time and was maybe stepping into a leadership role in a company for the first time, um, what sort of advice would you tell them to heed going forward?
1: If they were to be entering a position to lead a business, first time, I would say to consider the people because the people will will make a difference to, to the success of the business and choosing them and getting to know them and giving people a benefit of the doubt um, and a second chance, I think is really important as well.
0: I think that's absolutely right, because when it comes to second chances, we have to remember that it's a constant learning process, not just being an employee, but also being a leader as well. And I think in some ways we can't really develop without having that experience of maybe trying things for ourselves, getting one or two things wrong, and then embracing that as a learning curve.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And it can be individuals finding, um, for for example, you can have – Officers on site who perhaps don't fit that particular role but rather than give up on that person when you've invested thus far give them an alternative opportunity where they can thrive and it suits them better and it's the same for office roles um you can take people on in a particular role and find that actually more suited to an alternative duties uh, to perform and that that is what I've learned and it's made a success of of my business, and it's made my staff more loyal and enthusiastic to work for us
0: that's fantastic to hear um as well and if we now think about what is on the horizon for yourself, Rachel, and for specialist security in a little bit more detail just before we do wrap things up as we adjust to the uh, the new normal over the next twelve to eighteen months, what is Next, for you and the business, what do you envision being on the horizon, and what do you really hope to achieve?
1: I'm hoping to actually grow the business um from where we are. We've got um good cash flow and and cash balances, so I'm in a position where I can invest in marketing and selling the business further, so I look to the future to make an opportunity for growth um Perhaps as other people fail, unfortunately, but I'm seeing this as an opportunity to push forward and make more and build on the experience of how people and their attitudes within my business have benefited me so, so far.
0: It's certainly going to be an interesting time isn't it just to see how things pan out over the course of the uh, the next year because there are still so many variables and it's one thing of mm. course speculating on what could happen and it's another entirely waiting for the things to um, unravel themselves and just looking back and seeing what has happened and analyzing that so considering Rachel just how informative it's been having you join us on the uh, the program today I actually think it would be wonderful to catch up in future just to see how things are getting on at that point in time and see how things are Um, sort of unravelling behind the scenes and hopefully sort of looking toward that real upward trajectory.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: I think that would be wonderful, uh, Rachel, because it's been fantastic having you join us on the uh, the programme today. I've got to say, I've really, really enjoyed our discussion. And um, until we do hopefully uh, speak again um, in future, most importantly, do continue to take care and stay safe with all still going on, because I think it's fair to say we're certainly not quite out of the woods with this one yet. And there's plenty of time for things to change one way or the other. So let's certainly keep our fingers crossed that it's going to be for the better. Thank you. And thank you
1: for uh, inviting me on.
0: That was Rachel Fleury speaking, Managing Director and Owner of Specialist Security Limited. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary, Lord Blunkett. Um, Lord Blunkett is today an active member of the House of Lords, Chairman of the Leaders Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of course, a prominent former Labour MP and Secretary of State. In fact, during his political career, Lord Blunkett became one of the most prominent politicians of his generation, ...holding a number of senior positions in the Cabinet of then Prime Minister Tony Blair... ...and serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years. He was elevated to the House of Lords in August 2015... As, Noi- as Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough his old constituency and all of those achievements came in spite of the fact that he's been blind from birth. Um, I hope that you enjoy listening just as much as Matthew relished the opportunity to speak with Lord Blunkett and all of that is of course coming up next. Lord Blunkett welcome.
2: Thank you very much it's very good to be with you.